Welcome to another cracking edition of Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, your personal digital companion to this epic season of Survivor All-Stars. Don't know about you, but I am exhausted after that final challenge and super intense Tribal Council. We've got so much coming up on the show. Shannon's back to help us deconstruct what's been happening this week. We've got an ex-castaway, some trash talk, and so much more. You won't want to miss a minute. And joining me, as always, is the one and only Mr Luke Toki. Brother, welcome. <laughs> now I'm um, hit merge. Yep. Amazing. What's it like when you finally make merge when you're actually on the island? Uh, look, you know, making merge is, is that next milestone. And I feel like making merge of all stars the feeling of the guys who haven't made merge before is is um they must be happy with themselves they're they're that much closer to winning the 500,000 and it's a good feeling does the game sort of reset mentally oh this is it turns into a single game you know it, the game resets every single time from here and the game changes uh so it's a new game what do you think it'd be like for harry i mean he was desperate to get to the merge yeah. he had a plan from there but face the boot um, yeah, look, Harry's, I think uh, all of them have all got a shot now. You know, when it comes to this game, uh, you need to win immunities to stay alive, have idols and look at the numbers. But as I said, every single time tribal lands, it's, it's a reset, new game. And um, yeah, it's right now we have 12 great players and uh, here we go. Let's well, we've kept you around for this merge of this episode of Talking Tribal. Yeah. Uh, you may get the boot for the next one. Oh. So enjoy your time here. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about, so let's take a look at the massive week that was Survivor All-Stars. After Tribal, Harry's advantage is the talk of the beach, and he's left with a difficult decision. What happens if we win challenge? Well, that's great. Yeah, but do I give it to Nick? I don't know. At Makuta, Nick's in the firing line, but is determined to stay. In a tense elimination challenge, Vakuma come out on top, sending Makuta to tribal council. After seeking advice from his tribe, Harry doesn't give his advantage to Nick. In an attempt to survive tribal, Nick tries to pull Jackie, Tarzan, Sean and Lee on side. I was not going to leave any stone unturned but is ultimately sent packing. It's been an absolute honour, guys. I got to play my favourite game twice. Couldn't be happier, so... It's merge time. Everybody, drop your buffs. We are merging. Wow, wow, wow. David quickly fakes his allegiance to his old Vakama alliance, while at the same time starts organising Lockie's blindside with Moana. This will be the beginning of us just chopping them off. Gangster shit. When Shawnee wins the first individual immunity challenge. Three, two, one, Shawnee! Wow. 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 Moana instructs Sean to plant a false lead that they plan to vote for AK, so their blindside runs without a hitch. It's like, so it's my name they're floating now. We're going to um, It's legit. During tribal council, Lockie assumes the opposing alliance is playing it safe. You've got to get yourself to merge. No. So now this is where the game starts. But he's left eating his words when he's the one voted out. First member of our jury. Play hard, hey. Play really hard, make big moves. Well, Lockie wanted to see big moves. But in this game, it pays to be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) After a successful tribal council, David decides it's time to take out an old foe 
Dirty Harry. I want Harry out on this boat. Revenge is sweet. But Harry isn't going down without a fight and pitches to Zack and Lee that they vote out Jackie. She's so dangerous. At the immunity challenge, the tribe must compete in a familiar challenge. It's going to be all about pain management. After a gruelling fight to the finish, Brooke outlasts the tribe. That's it, Brooke wins individual immunity. And JLP drops a bombshell. Now because it's late, you're not going back to camp, so you're going to have to figure it out on your way to tribal. In a mad scramble, Harry's alliance try to sway Zack and Lee. But in the end, the golden god gets his revenge. Harry. Yeah, well played man, I like it when you play rough. Harry, the tribe has spoken. Well done, everyone. It's been a real juicy week on Australian Survival. We hit Merge, we've seen blindsides, we've had some big moves and help us make sense of it all. Let's welcome back our resident Survivor expert, Shannon Garth. Shannon, what a week. Some big moves, some big blindsides and uh, also some interesting decisions when it comes to strategy as well. What struck you this week? Kind of devastated to lose two of the three rascals in the space of one week. Um, that was like a very sad domino effect, I think, that came out of Harry not playing his advantage and making that decision. So I think that was a really huge decision this week. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Maybe from your perspective, Luke, how hard is it to get an advantage or an idol to another tribe when you are at a challenge? Like, uh, the, the logistics of it, getting something over it's, to them? It's not easy. Uh, you know, I think, well, Henry tried to give it to Matt and it got picked up. So... After a challenge, uh, you don't have much time. If they do give you more time, it's it's like 20 seconds and 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 people are like, what's happening? Why, is, mm. why are we not getting shut down? So to hand it over, I think in that situation, it would have been so blatant, so obvious to give it to Nick. And I think, well, maybe it was the wrong decision not to give it over. But well, He almost had the perfect pretext, though. He had Jackie's stuff. Didn't he? Yeah. He had to give Jackie's stuff back. Uh, he could have just brushed past, maybe. Give you it know. to Nick. Here's, <laughs> give it to Jackie. There you go. Ah, look at you. <laughs> Not a bad idea when you think about it. But, yeah, you're saying yeah. it's quite difficult. It is. How could he have played it differently? I mean, he knew Merge was coming up, but I guess he also thought, look, if I give it to that tribe, then they're all going to be safe and maybe that's going to backfire on us. I think what's so hard is we've never seen this advantage ever before and it's at such a pivotal time, like right before the merge. So he doesn't know how will triggering, triggering a non-elimination episode, what will that mean for the structure of the season? If it's going to mean they merge with 13 people and just immediately merge in the next episode and Nick is safe, then he has to do it. Nick is so vital for them at the merge. But if it means it delays the merge by one vote and either Nick's going back to tribal council if they lose and going home anyway, or even worse, his tribe is going to tribal council and he's in trouble or his other allies are in trouble, then he absolutely can't do it. So he's in a weird spot where he's trying to predict production, um, which is something not a lot of people have to do. That's a really hard way to have to assess your strategy. Yep. I uh, totally agree. At the same time, though, he knows that if Merge is coming up, he's going to be on the short side of it. So yeah. he needs to be leveraging whatever he can. I do think that Harry, Dirty Harry, is a big game player. And I can see both sides of what he did. As I said, it's hard to know what production is going to do. But I would expect Harry to make a big move in that spot where he is in the minority, he is in a tough spot. I guess swing for the fences, save Nick. But what he did was the conservative play. He assured himself the Merge 
but as we saw, he wasn't in a great spot when it came to the merge. I mean, if he had mm. Nick at the merge, he yes. wouldn't have just been a number. Yeah. It would have been maybe Nick's pulling over Lee or Sean. And so importantly, Nick is coming in and saying Dave was on the bottom, you know, and he has all that information so that Dave can't blindside them super hard. Everything. That is massive, isn't it? The idea that if Nick comes over, that entire story that Dave lays out in order to pull off that blindside, yeah. it can't happen. No. They've, uh, look, they were lucky that he didn't hand over that uh, clue, that, that advantage. And then on top of it, also, they were lucky from Dave's perspective that they came in with a game plan. They came to trick the old Vakuma. Mm. So, well played, I guess. And it was just those sliding doors moments. You know, Nick could have still been in the game. Harry could have still been in the game. You got to tip your hat to Dave. You talk about that day, that game plan, yeah. but during the challenge pre-merge, well, merge has just happened. Dave is already planting those seeds to Brooke. Hey, you know, I'm on the outer here. Can we maybe work together? Mm. Like, he's not even waiting until they're back together. Like, he really does think four to six steps ahead, which yeah. you've got to give him credit for. You've got to take advantage of being next to someone. So, for instance, me and Shannon beside each other, when we get back to camp, we might not speak to each other for, like, two days because we just haven't found that, that time. So he's taken advantage of sitting there at the challenge, you know, and that's the, that's the best thing because right now he's thinking Brooke and him and Lockie, they're going to link back up, things are good. You know, he's, an, he's on the outside, which wasn't the case. You know, it was all a game plan and it's all... <laughs> kind of set himself up, so... Just on challenges, we saw Harry face a challenge which he'd faced as his final immunity challenge. What do you think it would have been like for him seeing something that he went at for six, <laughs> seven hours? Do you think he'd be oh, PTSD? wrestling some... <laughs> PTSD? <laughs> he'd be thinking, wait, is there a time limit on this thing or are we doing another seven-hour challenge? Um, I know I wouldn't be liking to see that thing, any, uh, you know, so... But he did well. Yeah. Really well. Did um, you uh, ever have that? A bit of scar tissue from a challenge you did and then the next season you had to do one quite similar? Um, I don't think I had anything as crazy as, like, that, like a, a long-distance one that came up because, obviously, I never made top three. But I, there was some challenges that came up that uh, I knew what worked and what didn't work. So I, I was stating that, look, don't worry about this and that. It's going to come down to the puzzle. We need to get a good throw. I think it was one of sandbag ones. I knew we put two weak throwers in there and then they started throwing. They couldn't even knock down the bricks. So you need someone with a good arm, a bit of weight to knock down these bricks because they are not light. So that's where certain, I suppose, experience came into it. But uh, I'd hate to be Harry looking at that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you could just see his face, couldn't you, when he turned up? He was like, oh, man, here How we go again. Is this? Mm. He's probably like, this is definitely my swan song, right? Like, this is where I go home. It just makes too much narrative mm. sense not to. Um, you talk about that advantage that he didn't play. Before you go to emerge, when you're on the side that doesn't quite have the numbers, what are you thinking about? How, are you thinking about who we can pull across? You know you're at a disadvantage. How do you play that mentally before you hit merge? Uh, look, the first vote in merge is the most important vote out of merge, I think. The like, stats on people who have won the game while voting incorrectly at the merge are crazy. Like, it pretty much is a handful of people mm. in Survivor history. So that's the vote that sets the whole table for the merge. Yeah. Um, so if you, you vote incorrectly, you're not in a good spot at all. <laughs> if, you, if you vote in the majority, from there all the way to the end, you have majority. 
to some, some retrospect. You can pick away, like, you know, one of theirs, but you never try to lose that majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what helps, you know, snowball people to the end. But I think he... Look, I think Dave choosing um, to side with his new tribe after they come in with a game plan and he hasn't spoke to his old guys for a while and he tried to dog them, be the mole, would just say there's a lot of stuff there that I feel like he's decided to choose the right tribe. But I think that they would have been really shocked by it because not only were they aligned with Dave before, but they didn't even know he ever had a connection with Matt Rogers. Like, from their perspective, Mm. he was very much against Mo, who's now one of his number one allies, Mm. Jackie and Tarzan, there was no connective tissue there. So they would never really think that he's now, like, in bed with them so much as he is. So I think that it's really hard to think... You know, even though there's been so much time off, you think that you still have that connection and he's actually actively completely flipped on them. Yeah. So I think that's what really surprised them. But if you listen to Dave's story that he'd just kind of been bobbing along until the merge, which they mm. completely bought, it doesn't sound that believable to me. Like, in what world is Dave just kind of sneaking <laughs> through to the merge as if everyone's forgotten about him? You don't forget about Dave. I think that if they thought, like, yeah. he was on the bottom, he would have gone home, you know? But maybe when you were shorthanded, you are susceptible... You want to so, believe but You want to yeah. believe that there's someone here that you can pull across that easily. Uh, you talked about Mo there a little bit. Like, she's playing a really strong game at the moment. She was sitting back for a while. She had her minions, but now she seems to be really pulling the strings. And we saw it being vengeance, revenge. Yeah. Plays a big role. And as, <laughs> as uh, you know, Dave said, he goes, when you have, both have a common enemy in someone you can actually form a really strong alliance. And I'm sure for a fact that, that, that Mo knows that Dave was helping Matt at the start. So there's that, like, you know, that just all singes up nicely with Mo and Dave now joining forces. And he doesn't get just Mo. Mm. He gets Tarzan. He gets, he gets Jackie. Jackie. He gets solid votes. He joins up with an absolute solid team. And there's still people like Lockie, Lee, other big... Like physical threats, Zach, that are that are guys that are still the same kind of guy as Dave physically. Kind of surprised Ooh, that right. Mo was so adamant. This, this is for Matt Rogers. Yeah, this is for Matt Rogers. Yeah. This is oh. revenge for Matt Rogers. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> you love Matt Rogers. She loves Matt Rogers. You know what? Mo is the Godfather now. Like she's yes. inherited it. She inherited mm. all his people, all his minions. She inherited his side relationship with Dave. She inherited his penchant for revenge. Um, she kind of, I kind of love it. She's the Godfather part two now. Maybe she's the and God what, auntie. <laughs> I think the she's the Godfather. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's Godfather. Well, yeah, we've had Godmother. Mm, mm. What God Godfather sister. part two. It's, it's, probably, it's a great sequel. <laughs> Too many Godfather parodies, but that is how I see Mo now, which is kind of cool. She does it from the shadows. Very Godfather-like. Mm-hmm. Does that mean she's got a target on her back now? Because people are starting to be aware that she's actually controlling a few players in this game. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think know. she can still hide a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that just, like, the way she plays the game is she kind of gets her people to do it for her. Brilliant. So she can sit in the shelter. It's quiet, and I think it'll get her far. But then the issue is if it gets to a final tribal council, do people mm. r- realise that you are behind that and respect it? So it's, ha- it's hard, you know? Sword. It's hard to get to an end game... And if you are saying, you know, all the, all the information's coming to me and I just tell them and they go do all the work, the problem is, is like, if you're not doing the dirty work and you're, you're explaining that I'm telling them to do the dirty work, it's like, but you're not doing the dirty work. And if you're never, ever getting your hands dirty, it's like, well, it's, it's, hard, it's a hard one, you know, but people can still 
talk it and, and explain. And, and there's people that would be sitting on the jury and go, true that. I did actually do your dirty work and I respect it. So. But yeah. even more so in Australian Survivor, it's, you know, it's been a, to, uh, you know, a final two up till now instead of a final three. So mm. in US Survivor with a final three, you often have to have bigger, flashier moves. But the way that we've seen it in Australian Survivor is you just need to beat that one person next to you. Um, we talked about why whether Mo is going to start to have a target on her back, but let's discuss... David, who is just playing this unbelievable level at the moment, why do you think no one's tried to try and flush that idol that they know he's got out? You know, he's he's flaunted it. They know it's there. They know he's a powerful player. They know he can win challenges. Someone needs to have a go at this. Well, guy. Nick tried. Yeah, I he think... failed, but he tried. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm struggling to understand that as well because. They obviously believe him when he says, this is our alliance's idol. You know, this is our alliance's <laughs> idol. Yeah, clearly. It clearly. But How many people does it protect again? Yeah, well, that's exactly, that's, that's right. And, you know, and, it's, and it's, um, it's crazy to think that people do believe that Dave would potentially play it for him. I'm sure he's telling everyone, listen, if any of you's in trouble... I'll play it for you. But there is no way in hell Dave's play it for anyone but himself. Also, he's so well insulated. I think one of his most underrated moves in a season of, like, unbelievable moves mm. is how he's picked up Zach as his second, who's the yeah. perfect person to yes. sit next to, by the way. Mm. He, has, he knows he has a vote with him all the time. Zach seems like he's been loyal to him. And then beyond that, he's insulated in an alliance of people. I'd love to be proven wrong. Mo seems like she's got, you know, some gameplay, but Jackie, Tarzan have kind of been just been going with the numbers so far. Lee a little bit too. Sean's doing her own thing, but are there enough people there who are going to play hard enough to come for him? I'm mm. not so sure. Yeah, and Zach's probably thinking, you know, if it comes down to me and him, he might have burned enough people for me to be able to well, waltz on through. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe Zach's just happy to have a friend. You know, he was, like, voted out early, he went to exile, came into the swap. David picked him up, and maybe he's just happy to ride with that for a while. You know, if someone reaches out to you, and we saw how much social work Dave put into that relationship, mm. and it's paid dividends. Like, yeah. he's, he's really earned that connection, and at the stage, it doesn't seem like Zach is turning on it. We saw Harry go home, sadly, you know. Very sad. Big favourite for a lot of people. The cockroach. <laughs> the cockroach has finally... Being killed. Been exterminated. <laughs> Pest control has yeah. arrived. Um, but he... Had to go to tribal straight after challenge, which doesn't yeah. give you any time. What's that like when you're having to hustle with no time at all to work out a plan? It almost was the, the end of your it, game. It could last have been, yeah, yeah, it could have been. Um, luckily for my case, that they were able to see that it was it would have been a bad move. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but like you know, like with Harry, that's why. Look, I think he was doing good. I think him having pulling Lee and Zach aside and get, saying, look, this is where it's at, you know, you know where we're voting, this is time to make a big move. And I think he did, you know, a bit of work before that. So if he left it all to that last minute, well, he would have been up, you know, shit creek. But I feel like he... Uh, look, I just... I think he, he tried, you know. I think it was, you know... I feel, I feel sorry for Harry because yeah. I would have liked to see him go a little bit further. But Yeah, and it's such a hard spot anyway. Like, it's not like he doomed himself with mm. the lack of time. Like, he's already come in a minority, lost Lockie, wrong side of the numbers, is such an obvious big threat. Like, yeah. they came in, they'd just seen everything he'd done with Oscar and, yeah. you know, the idol playing and everything. So the fact that he lasted as long as he did is, is a real credit to him. Mm. And now he's at the point where, like, are you going to let 
Dirty Harry flip through when you have him. You have him right there. You have the cockroach. Mm. You have the spray. Get you spray your thong out. It. Boom! Oh, I swear <laughs> the moment he got voted out is the moment he would have been thinking, oh, I should have handed over that bloody uh, advantage. Uh, Hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, in another world, he hands over the advantage mm. and they don't immediately merge and then he goes back to tribal and possibly gets Goes, voted out. Yeah. So it's, you know, results-oriented to say it was wrong. Again, yeah. I think he should have... I wish he did. I wish he mm. saved Nick as a fan. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of credit to it, but I don't think we can be, like, so results-oriented nah, with not it. At no, 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 it's fine yeah. as well. Someone's going to go. Exactly. <laughs> you know, someone's going to go, just like next week. A what are we lifetime doing of <laughs> sleepless nights <laughs> for Harry. All right, now our man of the people, Luke Toki, caught up with one of our exiting all-stars. Have a look. <laughs> That's me, the super fan community, and everyone. We are so upset you've left the game. What happened? Why are you here? Oh, mate, I have no idea why I'm here. <laughs> Who let me in? How did this happen? Why am I doing this again? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Just one day before the merge. Can you believe it? I seen your post um, last night. You know, you've exited the game, but you are and will always start off as a super fan. How does it feel to, yes, you're out, but you are now, you're an all-star. You, you are an all-star. It's unreal. And I think what you're, the post that you're talking about is the post I put on Instagram of me as a 12-year-old kid standing on top of a stump for hours <laughs> on a family holiday. Like this, like playing Survivor was always just this crazy dream. And then to do it once blew my brain. And then to be able to do it twice completely fried my circuits. Like, I'm just this crazy little nerd that one day hoped to, to own a buff. And the fact that I get to wear a buff that says All-Star on it, it's just, how can you be mad with that? Going home, even if I went home first, like, it's just complete wish fulfillment, Lukey. You know it. You know the feeling. Uh, yeah, I, I, look, I, I, I just commend you. You know, from going from there and to being where you are now, it's... it's um. Everyone loves a good story, and, and to, for you to sit there and show me that photo, yeah. show, show the world that photo where it starts, there's kids out there um, watching this season of All-Stars, and they're doing the same thing right now, and we're the adults, you know, we're the players, yeah. we're the Boston Robs, we're the Knicks, you know, we're the King of the Jungles, and to see, yeah, to see where the kids maybe potentially got new Survivor stars coming up in the next 20 years, so. Yeah, already today I've had quite a few people message me saying, oh, my kids do that in the backyard. Maybe one day they'll be on Survivor. And it's just just so unreal. I was that kid. And Mm. now look at me, a two-time loser. (laughs) Two-time. This time going around, you obviously you left your baby at home. You've left your family at home. How did you find the um, emotional stress of going away this time and playing? Mate, if anyone understands it, it's you. Like having Mm. this brand new baby that you are trying to care for and you know your your beautiful daughter's had her health complications Paloma's had a minor version of that and just the thought to to have to leave and go completely incommunicado for like potentially two months is you just feel like I felt like such a deadbeat dad at the beginning I'll be honest Mm. but my wife said you have to do this do not be like you, you. You have to go ahead and show Paloma that you did this for her. And as soon as I got that kind of seal of approval, it was like, all right, I'm in. What do I need to do? Whose head can I rip off to, to win half a million dollars? Yeah, I. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's emotionally hard sometimes. Did you get that support from the the guys out there? Oh, it's 
I've, I felt so connected to the people I played with this time. And, and for example, Lee. Lee and I had the most adversarial relationship at the end of season one to the point where we've barely spoken in the last four years. And if we had, it's always been quite awkward and, and quite stilted, uh, especially after what I did at Final Tribal Council to him. And we sat there on day one. We pulled the same buff and we looked at each other and thought, okay, this is going to go either real left and go bad, or we can be a support for each other because we have that kind of connection. Um, and as a new father, and he's this amazing dad, we connected so much out there. Um, and he was like a rock for me. And uh, like he, he basically just kind of would always kind of say, you're doing this for Paloma. The guilt of being a dad following your own dreams will never go away. You just need to make sure that you follow them hard enough that they understand one day. And it's just like, the support that Lee gave me and Sean and, and Lydia, but the support that Lee gave me really kind of helped bolster me and go, do you know what? I, if I'm here, I'm doing this. I'm doing this for her. Uh, that's nice. That's It's always good finding that support within the your tribe. You yeah, know? like a human moment in amongst all the chaos. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Didn't thought there'd be many out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you got that Pandora's box clue. Now, were you happy with how you played it? You know, you could have used it in a different way. Or... So here's where my survivor nerddom kind of like being a survivor nerd, it really kind of helps me understand a little bit about the, the extra vote. There have been very few, if any, extra votes that have ever actually made a difference in a survivor game. Because to think about it, it needs to, you need to go into tribal council with a complete tie, say 4-4, four, four, for an extra vote to actually make a difference. You've either got the numbers and it's say 6-4, or it's... Um, you've only got two votes and one extra vote isn't going to do anything. So the chances of an extra vote actually pull it, being pulled off is extremely slim. And what that did for me is that kind of freed me up to think, do you know what? If it doesn't work, I'm not going to hold myself accountable. But what I am going to do is I'm going to throw every single thing I can at the wall to try and save Phoebe. And if that means playing an extra vote that might not work, that's fine. I'm a risky player. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'll go find something else the next day. I think sitting on that extra vote would have been even more disastrous because if I had used it at the vote where I went home, it would have been 7-2. At least I tied it up and I yeah. opened the window for someone to try and flip. So I have no regrets because I didn't have any high expectations of being able to play it in some fantastic way. I was hopeful, but... I didn't think that it was going to make the difference. I thought what was going to make the difference was Phoebe's relationship with Dave. And we all know how that one turned out. <laughs> Did Phoebe's exit really ruin your plans going uh, forward? You know, I, I look at the makeup of Makuta that I arrived at after the swap and I just see there's just no way out of that situation for me. The only way that I could have got out of that situation was Moana going home. It was the only way. Because it broke up that three of three who just refused to, to vote uh, out of sync. And I, I thought I could work with Jackie in the future. And Tarzan seemed fairly benign. So I needed to, uh, Moana to go. If I could get Moana gone, it would basically break open the game that there were enough options that I could get myself to merge. If Moana stays in the game and I just kind of join the alliance at the bottom of... Because at that first they wanted to work with me. And they said, Nick, come, come in and work with Phoebe. 
but I don't play that way. That's way too safe for me. I don't like that. I'm not, I don't want to join the bottom of an alliance of five or six and then be picked off if we keep losing. I wanted to take the risk, see if I could blow the game wide open, and if it worked, it was going to pay off in dividends. If it didn't, well, then it didn't. How did, um, I know myself, watching it back, how did you feel finding out that Phoebe put all her trust in Dave when she could have trusted you and potentially that whole game uh, does get blown quite open? You know? It was really hard because Phoebe said to me that they knew that Dave was the rat, right? They had their suspicions that Dave was a rat and that he was lying to them. And I had proven to Phoebe that I was there, ride or die, to work with her. I told her about the Pandora's box straight away. I brought her in. I advocated to, um, uh, to Sean and Lee about bringing in Phoebe. And I just thought that I had done absolutely everything I could to prove to her that I'm the person in this tribe who has your best interests at heart. She told me about having a clue, but she didn't tell me how to find it. If Phoebe had told me about that clue, do you want to hear the saddest thing, Luke? I checked that termite mound for the first two weeks of the game on a near daily basis. If she had said to me, it's in a termite mound, I would have ran straight to that exact one and pulled the idol out. And then we have a whole different game, don't we? Yeah. But she didn't. She trusted Dave. And I told her, don't trust Dave. Like, (laughs) you've seen what he can do. Why would you trust this guy? Mm. It just blew my mind that so many people wanted to throw their lot in with Dave. I never wanted to. Never, ever, mm. ever, ever, ever. It was such a sliding doors moment. Oh, the whole, you know, the whole thing shifts, Luke. The whole yeah, thing shifts. Completely. Oh, this is probably... I know this is probably a really hard one. How difficult was it knowing you got voted out one day before merge? Luke... Why do we have to talk about this one? Skip the question. Skip the question. I want to know. <laughs> I can tell you how difficult it is. Really difficult. Because, like, you just... Everyone's goal is to win, right? And everyone has these kind of interim goals, which is to kind of make it to the next stage of the game. And the reason why it was so difficult... I'll explain it like this. In season one, had I made it one more day, I was going home the next day. Had I made it another day, going home the next day. So there was no way that I could have won season one or got to the end. But in All Stars, I had people who wanted to work with me and they were just out of my reach. They were just, just, I felt like I was reaching for something I just couldn't grab. They were right there. And it's not about not making the merge and not getting the merge buff. I've done that. I've done Mayor of Jury Villa. I, I, I didn't want that experience. I wanted to get back with a core of people that we could have moved through this game together. And that's what makes it so hard. Not about getting one more day on my resume, not about getting the buff, but getting back to a group of people who actually wanted to work with me. You didn't know about Harry's advantage, now watching back and knowing Harry could have slipped to that advantage and saved you. How do you feel about that? It's really tricky because I found out about that pretty soon after getting voted out and it just felt like such a gut punch because not only had I been voted out, my ally had the opportunity to save me. Um, Look, I worked with Harry so incredibly closely for the first two weeks, probably the most trust I've ever had in any person I've ever played Survivor with. Harry was always the the last person that I would check in with before Tribal Council, and we never lied to each other in those first two weeks of the game. So when he didn't make that decision, 
I have to trust that he did it in the best interest of his game, which is what it was. He was worried that if he saved me and gave me the clue, then he would have gone, then we potentially wouldn't have merged the next day and there would have been another tribal episode. And had that been the case and they lost, Harry probably would have gone home. And had that been the case and we lost, I probably would have gone home anyway. So I worked with Harry close enough to know that he is a methodical thinker who makes the right decision at the right time. And although it didn't work out for me, if that's what Harry does, weirdly enough, I support that decision. That's how much I love Harry and trust him and the way he plays Survivor. So no hard feelings here. But that guy better give me a lifetime supply of ice cream, Luke. (laughs) I was under the influence that, um, which I kind of believe that, if he did hand you over that clue, that you would have merged still the next day. Um, it has is been... that is that the word along uh, uh, you know? Uh, it was. It has been confirmed <laughs> that had he passed the clue to me and uh, I played it, we still would have merged at thirteen the next day. Ooh. <laughs> it's tough. It's a tough spot, Luke. It's a tough spot. That is exactly. Um, did you feel when you were voted out that Lee and Sean would? be writing your name down? Do you know what? The, the, this whole idea that Dave acted like it was a blind side is not correct because <laughs> clearly I was on the bottom. Clearly. Like, Dave had been coming for me for two weeks. But what did blindside me was Sean and Lee voting for me. I felt extremely, extremely blindsided by that. I, I, I approached the first phase of the game with Harry and Shawnee as we are a group of three who we will bumper around and try and knock other people off the board, but we always move as a three. And it's just ride or die, sink or swim together. I applied that same logic to Sean and Lee. They weren't applying the same logic to me. In the moments before I went home, in the day that I was going home, there was plans for Dave to maybe throw Sean under the bus. And that could have been my saving grace, but I said, no way, we are not voting out Sean. We will work together and we will make this happen. And Sean was not doing the same thing for me. She was working the back, the back alley and she was working with Mo and Dave. And, and that's my fault. I put blind trust in two people who I thought were going to put blind trust in me. And that's just not the way it worked out. And it's a bit of pill to swallow, I've got to say. I'm a Survivor fan. I know how this goes. But that's definitely been the hard part, trying to kind of reconcile the fact that... Um, particularly Sean, how close she was with Mo Mo and Dave, that's been the hardest part for me, just trying to reconcile that she wasn't actually, she never had my best interests at heart in that swap situation. Yeah. But but Luke, the thing is, right, if you play the middle of the road, you're going to get run over. And that's why I never wanted to play the middle. It was either I was either on this side or I was on that side. And I'll play like that. It, it, you like have that. to. You have to play yeah. that way. You have to have the, your allies know that you are willing to just go to absolute bat with them. And I, yeah. I watched the way that you played with Dave when you got your back was against the wall. You weren't throwing each other under the bus. No. You were working together. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing about what I loved about in your season when AK and Pete came over. And AK and Pete didn't turn on each other. They tried no. to find a crack in your alliance. And I, that's always stuck with me, the way that AK and Pete played that. And it was reinforced when you and Dave did it. So there was no chance that I was ever going to throw Sean and Lee under the bus. And it was to my detriment. It will either work 
or it won't. Yeah. But the idea is you have to go in solid and have a game plan, I feel, um, especially in those those high-risk situations when you're on the bottom. Um, we'll tell you to go take take um, try to convince this guy, and I'll go and convince my guy. And instantly, you know, that's how it kind of comes together, you know. And I'm, I could have gone, just vote Dave out. I'm good. Just, I'm, you know, and then I'm next anyways. Exactly. Know? And what does that show to people who want to work with you in the future that you're willing to kind of like throw anyone under the bus? That's not, mm. that's not what I want in a Survivor mm. ally. And um, had I made it to the merge, I would have want people who were willing to ride or die with me because coming forth, or coming 11th, coming 24th, it means nothing. You either win no, or you lose. It doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. We agree. Yay! <laughs> Where were uh, you? Right. Why weren't you there, Luke? Hey? Oh, you know. You could have been like, there right or dying with me. Oh, I could have. Imagine that. Three uh, seasons out of four. I think that's a bit <laughs> overkill. You know? I'll be sick of you. I'd be sick of you, mate. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to throw some rubbish at some of the contestants. Ooh. Ooh. All right. <laughs> you, can get, you can get messy here. Who do you not think is playing at an all-star level? Or do you think the game is at an all-star level? It's funny because I feel like Tarzan is not playing at an all-star level because he's just willing to hitch his ride to other players. That's a viable strategy. That will get you to the next phase of the game. It doesn't get my respect because if you were to ever try and ask for my vote based on that play, it's not going to happen. So an all-star is someone who, it's not about the number of days you play, it's about how much you push. Someone like Henry, he pushed every single day. (laughs) The fact that he went home fifth, that doesn't take away the fact that he was an all-star. But if you go further in this game and you've done nothing, are you an all-star? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> hey, um, did you see Henry's video of him shooting you in a piece of paper <laughs> with a paintball gun? <laughs> Henry sent me that video and it was like the day that I was going to watch my boot episode and to sit there and watch it, I was like, this actually brought a smile to my face. Thanks, Henry. <laughs> I don't think that's he was, what he was intending. <laughs> <laughs> One of the only people in Australia that was happy to watch your downfall. <laughs> He was just this little cheer club. Maybe him and Michelle were just sitting there with like drinking margaritas. Is there any moves from this season that you are super proud of? Uh, You know, do you have any super moves that you're proud of and any that you do regret? I'm proud of three major things. I'm proud of the way I got that Pandora's box because when I talk about surveillance, that was like... That was major surveillance. Like, I might actually start my own, like, international diamond smuggling ring because the way I got in and out there with Phoebe's help, that was, I'm super proud of that. Um, The other thing I'm really proud of is the way that I mended my relationship with Lee. Like, I feel like that was a huge move. And sitting there on day one, we could have completely blown up or we could have worked together and we worked together. But the biggest thing that I'm proud of is the way that I worked with the Little Rascals and we got Henry out of this game. Because Henry was someone who, while he wanted to work with me in the short term, he was like a nuclear warhead ready to go off. And I didn't want it to blow up around me, so what I needed to do was disable that warhead first. And I did it. We got there. With Shawnee's help and with Harry's help, we all played a part in making that happen. And you wanted him out, so you got it. You know? I think the, heart, the, the, the interesting thing about that is, is that I had a lot of social capital in that tribe 
that Henry didn't. So it was just a matter of trying to kind of parlay that to actually get what I wanted. And um, we eventually got there. It took a while. It took a lot of hard work, a lot of, you know, aborted plans, but we eventually got there. I asked you before, but I'm going to ask you again. Um, is this the end of the Garden Worms <laughs> survivor career? Luke, last time I played, I said, don't bother calling me. I'm not interested. I'm over it. Done. Loved my first experience. Then I get the phone call and I say, no, I can't do it. Basically, what I've learned from this is it doesn't take much to twist my arm. So I can tell you right now, no, I'm never playing again. But um, you start twisting this arm, Luke, and who knows? I might be making all kinds of promises to you. So who knows? Yeah. Look, everyone says that now the goal is to play a US Survivor. Um, I, would, I would chop off my arm to play US Survivor. And I'll just try my luck out there with one arm because that's just the ultimate goal. Um, all right, and last but not least, Nick, who do you think has got the tools to win Australian Survivor 2020? All stars. I think there are a lot of people out there who have the tools to win, um, but my pick is either AK or Shawnee. Those two people have such a good read on the game, they know what's going to happen before it happens. And if either of them won, or if Harry won, or if Brooke won, or if Lee won, I would all be happy, but I'd be the most happy if AK or Shawnee took it out. Well, thanks for coming on the show there, Nick. You know, we all love you, and um, yeah, hopefully I get to see you again. I'll see you at a reunion, brother. Love you, Luke. Thank you so much for all the support and for all the uh, snakes of the week or whatever it is that you've been playing. Yeah, did you like that? I go, oh. I go. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you'd like that. Mate, you know me too well. Yeah, no, it was a good move. It was a good move. Cheers, you know? mate. You got in there. So, yeah, congratulations, brother, and see you Thanks, soon. Thanks, Luke. Welcome back to Talking Tribal. Uh, now we're joined as a special guest by the fantastic and slightly terrifying man-beast himself, Matty Wahlberg from Season 4. Welcome, Matty. Welcome. What, a, what an introduction. I feel good. I'm on my best behaviour today. Are you? That's why the security guard's there. Uh, I was, yeah, right. going to be good. I promise. Oh, yeah. I promise. You've got your own personal security? Well, 10 hide them so I don't do anything stupid. <laughs> I think we're going to need more than two people. He's only small, isn't he? Uh, how are you feeling? How are you enjoying this series so far? Loving it? Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. It's really cool to see all this stuff that I have no idea what's going to happen. So I'm yeah. just going in fresh and I see my friends playing, but I don't have the, I wasn't there to see what happens. So. You played with David and Harry. I did. Um, what do you think of their games this season? I, I was never able to be on the beach with Dave, unfortunately, but I think he's just upped his game. I think he went to a survivor coach. I don't have any names for who that survivor coach right could possibly here, be. Right here. But I think uh, he, he's on fire and it's, it's incredible how he's playing. And Harry... Harry's doing what he does, anything to survive, but I think, unfortunately, his back's been against the wall a little bit with uh, the kind of people Dave is playing with and the kind of people Harry's playing with. Now, you just missed out on Merge. Thank you for reminding right. me. Yes, that well, is true. I'm just contextualising for people. I'm not <laughs> rubbing it in. But you did just miss out on Merge. Just a little bit. <laughs> did I tell you you missed out on Merge? <laughs> I did. Thank you. I think about it every night, but what, that's all right. What was that like at the time, knowing you were so close to, you know, opening up a next chapter of the game? It's super frustrating because mm. once you get to merge, the game completely mm. changes. Exactly. All of a sudden, there's all these new people you can align with. There's other people that are more likely to get voted out before you. It just it gives you an open field, basically, to replay the game. So getting voted out just before is extremely frustrating and will probably keep you up at night mm. uh, for a long time to come. And has done. <laughs> has done, yeah. <laughs> um, 
What about uh, your mental process? Like when you know mergers come out, is part of the reason it's so hard is that you're sort of already strategizing for what might happen if you can get there or you're not letting yourself get that far ahead? You, you have to always think in Survivor two or three moves ahead. So you have to think about, hey, if you keep me now, I'm going to work with you to merge. And that's something that I did where I said, hey, if you keep me around, when we get to the merge, I'm happy to work with you. So you, if you're not playing ahead, then you're just going to be a number that when you get to merge just gets picked off straight away. Yeah, you were a bit of a challenge beast. Like you're yeah, physically so. a threat. When you see some of these challenges, are there ones where you know straight away... I'd nail that. Or there's ones where or I'd find that difficult outside of my skill set. There's definitely some out there where I'm like, I wish I was there right now, mm. especially some of the more physical ones. Uh, some of the long-term ones, the endurance ones, I'm not sure how I'd go. But uh, I don't know, besides like two or three people, I don't think the, there's as many challenge beasts out there as there used to be. I think that the term challenge beast is being thrown around a little bit too much. But there's someone like Harry who's coming out, you know, even in that challenge, no one expects him to do so well in a long-distance challenge that he's done before, and he killed it again. So, We've spoken a lot on this show about mm. a lot of the moves have been motivated by revenge. Yeah. When you were on Survivor, was it ever an element that played into your mind, like, I need to get back at someone, or if someone knocks off one of my allies, I'm coming for them? It, it, it was, and unfortunately for me, I didn't get to get my revenge on anyone. But it's always in the back of your mind, and it might be something that happened... 10 days before, 15 days before, but it's there and you're waiting for your opportunity. And now we're seeing months down the line or even years down the line where people have just been waiting for their opportunity to get someone back. And I love it. Yeah. I love how vindictive people are being this season. Revenge. The dish best served cold. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, maybe Brooke's going to want some revenge? Her survivor husband's been booted. Uh, yeah, look... Uh... I think so, but I think Brooke's now going to have to learn to play a separate game. You know, she has been following Lockie's lead and I think now, you know, we might see Brooke become someone different and um, and be able to wiggle her way out of uh, being in the minority. So I'm excited to see what she actually does, you know. Working from the bottom, that's where you want to see someone actually um, uh, see how they move and if they just lay down and die or if they actually go out there and create new connections. You look like you're even fitter than you were when you were on the show. Is that possible? That, that is possible. It helps when uh, you can actually have food and, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, have a nice I'm comfy feeling. bed. Yeah, no, we won't <laughs> yeah. talk about you. This is, this is the superstar now. Now you're, a, you're, now you're an A-list celebrity. You've got that Uber Eats relax, deal, you know? free Uber Eats. It's OK, you're doing well. It's like we're lucky to get him off the couch. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'm here to grab him I'm strong enough. Um, but, yeah, talk about that. Like, it's all well and good to say I'd kill this challenge, mm. but... When you're out there, you haven't had a lot of food, yeah. you're not feeling so great. We saw David's getting sick, he's got a mm. spider bite. How do you get up for challenges when you're hurt, you're sick, you're not really at your physical best? I think there's, there's certain people who are so competitive that it does not matter uh, what's happening in the game, they want to go out there and win. I think Brooke's someone like that, so whatever's happening, she wants to win. Uh, and the other thing is it depends where you are. If you feel safe... If you have to let go of the ball or whatever it is, you're not too stressed because you mm. feel comfortable that you're getting through. But if you know if I don't hold on to this ball or, mm. or I don't stand here for six hours, I'm going home, then you will do whatever it takes to make sure you win the challenge. Yeah. The adrenaline. That, that adrenaline will keep you in the game and how much you want it. I think otherwise the pain, <laughs> you can give up really quickly because the pain, especially holding on to that thing. Yeah. You know, it'd be easy to stand off that 
really quickly. It looks like there's a couple of people. Brooke looks like there's one of, who's one of them who's got an extra gear mentally. Like, mm. I'm going to go to my happy place now. <laughs> like, I'm in excruciating pain. Mm. Have you, you know, got that in yourself? Do you know how to go there? Yeah, and I think we had a similar challenge where we had to hold yeah. up a heavy sandbag and we... Mm. Both stood there and I think we sat there for as long as we possibly could. And it's not just about winning, but it's about beating the other person and having that mental advantage of, hey, I beat you. And that, that can be something that you use in the game. Don't go anywhere. Back in a sec. Hi, everyone. This is Ange Bishop letting you know that if you're stuck in lockdown and looking for something to do after you've watched Studio 10, of course, have a listen to some of our 10 Speaks podcasts. Ramsey Beat takes a look behind the scenes of iconic TV show Neighbours as it celebrates its 35th anniversary. There's the Husey We Have a Problem podcast, which is the best bits from the fantastic TV show. And our Reality Bite podcasts, Cocktails and Roses and Jungle Nights for when you're feeling like a reality TV deep dive. While you're at it, give the Starstruck with Angela Bishop podcast a go. Find them all on the 10 Speaks page on 10Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, it's been fun as always, but it's almost time for us to go. Just enough time, though, to reward our top player. Normally we do Player of the Week, but given we've hit the halfway mark in this year's season, we might go for... Player of the season so far, Luke, Shannon, who do you think has been the standout? Is there any question? Not really. I mean, it's Dave's season and we're all just living in it, right? <laughs> like, let's look at what they're two idols, a laundry list of blind sides on legends of former seasons, mm. in the centre of everything, Zach as his minion. I mean, it's amazing. He's voted correctly, just coming in merge. He's, he's singed up his alliances. He's, uh, he's unstoppable, I think, at the moment. Um, I'd love to see, for instance, there's still a good chance he could be blindsided with two idols in his pocket, <laughs> so you better be careful there. But, That's um, how you one-up yourself from the last season when you got blindsided with one idol. Exactly. Or with James Clement, you go out with two in your pocket. Exactly, and there's potential. So I think um, confidence is, you know, you need to nurture that as well and not be overconfident, but um, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Dave is certainly super confident, but I just can't imagine him being voted out with idols again. Mm. Surely he's so aware now. Oh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know in Survivor. I kind of disagree with you. You know, David's been absolute mm. superstar. And then no targets on his back. No one's coming for Still him. Still no targets. It is a mystery. So let's see how it plays out. A big thanks to uh, these guys, Luke Turkey and, of course, Shannon, our resident expert. And Matt, of course, for dropping by as well. We'll have another special guest next week on Talking Troll. But make sure you keep watching Survivor. Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 7.30 on 10. And a brand new Talking Tribal, of course, will be dropping straight after Wednesday's All-Star episode on 10 Play in your socials and on the podcast. We'll see you next week.